Everybody, happy Friday and welcome to Fanatic Forum. I'm your fanatic and host, George Bueller. Hope everybody's having a good one out there so far. Uh, didn't do a cold open as I traditionally do here because we're doing a little bit of a special uh, episode here today. Uh, basically, want to get real with you guys here. Of course, I uh, kind of took an unscheduled uh, break of two weeks uh, that I didn't really announce anything I was going to do, uh, whatever else. But Basically, what I really want to kind of get real about today is mental health and the importance of that. Um, basically, for me uh, personally, uh, I've been dealing, um, I guess, with kind of a manic depression, um, or you know, pretty much, you know, kind of. I guess since I was pretty much a teenager, if it really kind of breaks it, if I really break it down, because. Uh, just kind of my own personal journey into therapy, which I've only really been treating for about maybe 12 years or so. Uh, yeah, so kind of just, you know, been, you know, med treating with medication, going to therapy on a regular basis, or actually, well, in this case, you know, more of a teletherapy at this point <laughs> since the pandemic. Uh, but anywho, but yeah, so kind of it's something I've just dealt with for a majority of my life, uh, but only now in the last 12 or so years uh, have I really actually been doing something about it. Um, and kind of delving deeper into it and finding out more about myself and my own personal journey and whatever else. Uh, so basically that's kind of what uh, I've been dealing with. So uh, as I've gotten older, it's kind of, I guess the disease kind of has changed a bit from time to time because they're, you know, it's kind of, you know, would pop up occasionally when I was younger. And as I've gotten older, it kind of turned into more of a seasonal sort of thing. Uh, so basically usually somewhere around October, November, it would start to kick in. So basically the holidays traditionally suck for me. Just, you know, I, mean, you know, I, I do a great job of hiding it uh, sometimes. But uh, yeah, just it's never really a great season for me up until basically start getting around springtime again. Then usually this summer I'm doing good. Well, you know, I've gotten older. I'm, you know, now I'm 47. And it seems, especially this year, uh, I guess, you know, I've aged another seven years, so my body chemistry is changing again. Uh, so I've had to, you know, change my medication, adjust that a bit, which has helped. Uh, but yeah, so I've just, I've had a lot more, like, severe bouts where literally, like, you know, I'm just wiped out for an entire day. Like, I'm just absolutely useless. Nothing can kick me out of it. I'm better off just staying in bed the entire day. So... Those still happen from time to time, but they haven't happened recently since I've got just my medication again. That's kind of helped out a lot. Uh, but yeah, just I really I want to get real with you guys about that because I haven't opened up about that on the show before, and some of my friends know and some don't. Um, just because it, it's not that I'm necessarily hiding anything. It's just I don't 
wear it on my sleeve if you want to talk about it. I'm very open about it and they have, you know, no shame whatsoever in the fact that, you know, I'm on Prozac and I see a therapist. It used to be a couple of times a month and then now it's got to the point now in the past few years they say we see each other once a month. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing that for years. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of just, that's really what I've been going through. So there's certain times where literally like, you know, it's kind of hard for me to do the show uh, just because, you know, uh, you know, I just, I'm, it's kind of hard to kind of get me in the mood for it. I don't have a topic or whatever else, but yeah, so that's kind of, you know, some, some things about there, but and of course, you know, this can all stem from different triggering events. So, you know, of course, you know, when I was a you know, young kid, especially like in, especially in junior high before, before high school, uh, dealt a lot with bullies. So got in a lot of fights, had a lot of struggles with a-holes just because of the things I was into versus what they were into. Or whatever else, so that you know, kind of helped shape me in a negative way, I guess. So I had to struggle against that, and you know, lots of other you know different things that happened in my life. And of course, yeah, I'm sure you know anybody else is dealing with mental health issues. There's all sorts of triggering events for you guys, uh, for what you all have dealt with here. So um, one thing I definitely want to share with you guys here, in case you all don't know, let me share some uh, numbers here for you guys. Uh, a national mental health hotline here, eight six six. 903-3787. So this is a 24-7 hotline here. This gets you to resources. Uh, this can get you talking to somebody, uh, whatever else. If you are a Kentucky resident, because of course some of my viewers and listeners are in Kentucky here. Uh, if you're a Kentucky resident, you can call or text 988. Uh, and basically they'll connect you right to somebody right there. So there you go. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, even if you don't necessarily have, you know, anything diagnosed or whatever else, it's important just to talk to somebody if you've got something going on in your life. Uh, if you're mourning a loss, um, if you've had a major life event like a divorce or a change of careers or whatever else. I mean, you know, or even just stuff going on in the world. Um, you know, anybody that's in the, you know, the LGBTQ plus family, I mean, you guys are going through a whole lot of just BS crap right now in the world. Uh, basically, a lot your struggles are very real right now. So I'm sure, you know, you needed somebody to talk to. Um, anybody that's going through stuff. So it's important to talk to somebody. It's important to not suffer alone. Um, I, I personally have dealt with a lot of my uh, friends and family with suicide. Uh, so it's a very real thing uh, that basically people can get, you know, from whatever they're struggling, whatever they're dealing with, they get to that low point where they end up taking their own lives. It's a very serious thing. And, you know, it's important to know you have support. It's important to know that, you know, you have, you know, means and ways to get some help, get treatment if you need to, or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, just want to open up with you guys here. And, you know, like I say, this is normally a very serious topic here on what is not a serious show, but I've been going through some, you know, just stuff in my own head or whatever else, and, you know, some little bouts here and there. So I just need to be real with you guys here and want to open up. So, but we have got a lot of comments here, so let's yeah let, let, let's uh, let, let's see what we got here. Dave Manningly, good friend of the show, we love you, George. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you here. Uh, Dave Manningly says that he can relate. He had a nervous breakdown a few months ago himself. So yeah, so it's I hope you're okay, Dave, and hope uh, you're getting taken care of there. So and <laughs> so take care of George first. We'll still be there. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that, man. So. <laughs> Ryan saying, "Hey yo, how you doing, brother? Uh, we're we're okay. I'm good, doing good today, man. So, uh, 
<laughs> Ryan says uh, mental health is important. Hope you're doing well. So yeah, I'm I'm doing good. I, I, that, that was one thing I kind of commented today. Uh, with, talking to my wife before doing the show here today. It's like yeah, I was like I'm supposed to be doing a serious topic today. I was actually in a good mood. <laughs> Had a good day today. So it's it's kind of ironic that you know we're serious, you know, real topic here. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy. So <laughs> so. <sighs> That's how it goes sometimes. So you're up, you're down. There you go. Jamie Jennings, hey, good to see you, dear. Big hugs, George. Thank you for sharing with us. And thank you, Jamie. I appreciate you. I I'm, I'm, hope you're doing good too, hon. And uh, Ryan commented again here. Said, preach, brother, preach. Stand up together because when we're strongest as one. Yep, that is, that is absolutely true. So, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, folks out there. Oh, oh hang on, Lee. Get back to my comments here. I have one more for Dave here. Uh, so Dave Mattingly saying he's back on track now. Uh, he's dropped a part-time work for a while, so finally got back to full-time last week. Well, good. I'm glad you're doing okay, Dave. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. You know, take breaks, man. If uh, things are getting things are getting severe in your you know, that, that's kind of you know what's you know spurned me because I, I you know previous to this I had you know, nearly 20-year career uh, in TV media where I was both behind the scenes and then in front of the camera. Uh, later on in my career, and I left it around the pandemic time, and uh, you know, kind of you know enjoyed a nice break for a while. But yeah, it was kind of one of those things where it's like I saw kind of the writing on the wall with a lot of changes in the company, and it was time to leave. But it's still kind of you know do you know that that you know severe of a break and leaving the position I had and whatever else it's something that still kind of haunts me you know I was like I know I made a good decision but there's sometimes like you know because it was just something I did for so long so you know yeah so that was, that was like I said there's just like again all sorts of triggering things uh, that can affect somebody and make it go through some stuff whether or not it's something you've dealt with for a long time whether it's something that you've you know uh, you know dealt with more recently you know either way Getting help is good. Talking to somebody is good. So, <laughs> Dave Mangley said, you have to be odd to be number one. Yeah, that is, that is very true, yeah. Now, let's see here. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, uh, did a, mere, a mere break from the series here. Ryan says he's bringing up some uh, nerd facts here. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean turns 20 years old uh, next week. And then in two weeks, the Mask of Zorro turns 25. Good Lord. And the Dark Knight turns 15 years old. Wow. See, you know, that's, that's, that's the weird thing, how you, you age and the passage of time eludes you from, you know, every now and then. I can't believe Dark Knight is already 15 years old. I still talk about how poignant of a movie that is today. And I'm talking about a 15-year-old movie. <laughs> There you go. So, all right. But yeah, again, I just wanted to get real with you guys. Uh, tell you guys where I've been uh, the past couple. Want to share with you guys here? And just if, you know, I felt it was really you know a good time in the world. Uh, you know, kind of what's going on, and just for you know people, just sometimes you know things going on in your life, and you need somebody to talk to. Uh, so yeah. So again, want to share those numbers. Oh, hang on, I lost my hair. Uh, the National Mental Health Hotline here, 866-903-3787. 
or if you are a Kentucky resident, you can call or text 988. These are 24 hours a day, seven days a week numbers. Uh, so yeah, you can you know call or text us anytime. Of course, there's a lot of different apps, a lot of other online services. Uh, BetterHelp is another really good resource uh, because basically you can connect with anybody that's around the country, uh, and you know basically just write from your phone or your PC or whatever else. And the nice thing is you can do it in a multitude of ways. Either you can talk to with them or you if you don't want to be seen you can basically just they can just hear you or whatever the case may be whatever you're comfortable with um you know there's so many other resources so many ways to connect to get help uh if you need to so uh that's really in in another thing i definitely want to share um if you you know do decide to get help you're talking to somebody and maybe you're just not clicking. Maybe you don't like their approach. Maybe you don't just like them. Totally fine. Find somebody else. Um, I've actually, my the therapist I've been on uh, for close to 10 years now uh, is my second therapist. Uh, there was one lady I saw before. She was, you know, perfectly fine. Just our personality just wasn't weren't clicking, you know. And because really to have a good relationship, you almost kind of want to treat this person somewhat like a friend but someone you can really open up to completely without judgment and be a hundred percent real with them like talk about like if you've got some dark thoughts that you've never told anybody before this is the person you can tell because they can at least analyze this or you know if you're thinking things like this a lot you know we can analyze it whatever is the case but like i said you know there, there's all sorts of ways all sorts of resources to get help uh, but yeah, there's more than one way to do it here too. So, uh, Dave Manningly is saying that, uh, he's been volunteering in the mental health space for many years now. It's great to give back. Yeah. I, I've, you know, I haven't volunteered so much, but I do mentor, uh, a couple of young people. And that's one thing I've been preaching to, uh, since, you know, I've seen the therapist is, you know, Hey, if you guys got stuff going on here, I can help so much, but if you know you really need somebody to talk to, you need somebody to open up to and get some professional help, you know, here's how to do it. <laughs> John Pica, good evening, sir. The uh, purveyor of the Serial Box Network, host of the back of the Serial Box. Uh, it's very interesting that you're bringing up this topic tonight when I posted some questions about when it's appropriate to share and if it benefits you or not. So, <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah, it's a you know, complete coincidence there. Of course, yeah, I'm John. I'm sure you've been going through some personal, you know, stuff in your life or, you know, whatever else or that may be. But, uh, yeah, so I just, you know, I, like I said, I, I've been away. We were talking about this, you know, before that I was away for a couple of weeks. So I was like, you know what? Decided, you know, kick in and kind of, you know, tell by what's going on here. Uh, oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, he said, John uh, Pica says, the private messages I got filled with hateful comments were astounding. That is Unfortunate. Uh, John says his problems are all first world problems, so he pretty much keeps it to himself. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure there may be a commentary from someone else that's first world problems, but don't discount any problems you may have because sometimes little problems build up and they become big problems. So even if it's just small stuff, even if you need to have some sort of validation from someone to say, it's just small stuff, 
maybe do some breathing exercises, try some meditation, have a drink once in a while, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be to help you unwind and relax in a different manner than you normally do, you know, maybe get some exercise, whatever the case may be. It is okay to talk to somebody to get that kind of validation. Never discount the things that you ha- you are bugging you because maybe it's something real. Maybe you have an anxiety. Maybe you have an anger problem. Maybe something along those lines. So, you know, whatever the case may be, don't discount it, bub. So, <laughs> uh, Dave Manningly said, uh, great advice here, Dave. Dave Manningly says, do what he does. Replace your inner critic with an inner laugh track. You know what? That's fine advice because that inner critic sometimes can be a bastard. <sighs> Aubrey Cabot giving me the thumbs up. Thank you very much, Aubrey. Appreciate you. Jamie Jennings uh, saying, even small stuff is valid stuff. We're all human and we have our own story. That's right. That is exactly right, dear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. Don't discount any of your problems. No matter if it's something you think is small that no one cares about. If you care about it and it's causing you some distress, look into it. It's okay. Like I said, there's no shame in it. I'm now telling a you know national viewing and listening audience or whatever else that, hey, I got problems. I'm not perfect. And that's the thing, too. There's some of my friends were surprised with the fact of my struggles because they're like, oh, you put on you know such a confident face or you're, you're, you come off very uh, yada yada. I'm like, yes, I'd like to thank the Academy because I've been very good at faking this for decades. Uh that unless I'm really feeling bad, you probably won't know. Um, I just that's I'm generally a people pleaser anyway, uh, so I don't want to come off you know as abrasive because I'm sure people have enough of that stuff in their lives. So, but yeah, um, that's kind of you know I, I put on a really good mask you know even in times when I'm not feeling good uh, because maybe I don't want to bring it up or I don't want to bring the room down or whatever else you know that kind of thing. So. Uh, John commenting saying, uh, for him, his challenge is always basking in the unconditional love of complete strangers. <laughs> I know what that's like, brother. Uh, when he's performing and then coming home to a family that is, well, not. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you're getting all this. Anybody that's a performer on stage, whether you're, you know, a comedian, an actor, singer, even, you know, professional wrestlers, professional athletes, whatever else. Yeah, you're getting unconditional screaming and yelling and love and applause from people that don't know you, but then, yeah, when you come home, maybe you don't get it, or basically everybody else has got their own stuff going on. And that's, you know, your feelings are valid, but at the same time that, you know, the people that you're coming home to, especially if they didn't see what you just went through, you know, they're kind of in a different headspace than you are. So you're coming home, you know, from the high of performance and, you know, whatever else, and... If they didn't see that or they weren't in attendance with you, then maybe they're not sharing that same headspace. So, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, you're, I, I completely understand with what you're going through because I kind of, you know, at the same time kind of go through the same things where I would have, like, a good show and I'm on that high and I'm like, okay, I have no one to share this with, you know, whatever else, you know. So, yeah, it's, you know, that, that's the thing is that uh, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's a it's a very valid concern, but at the same time, you know, you got to kind of give them, you know, the 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 validation. Like, okay, well, they didn't see what you kind of just went through, so you just kind of have to just, I don't know. It's kind of I don't have any great advice for how to, you know, 
displace that energy or kind of shake that energy off. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure any other actor or performer out there, if you want to share any uh, advice out there, but yeah, it's yeah. So that's that's uh, that, that's definitely kind of you know a, a real problem for any kind of performer. I'm sure. I mean, especially you know actors too. You have to put on a certain facade for a long period of time, whether you're a film or TV or stage actor, and then later on you have to shake that to be a normal person around your kids or your spouse or whatever else. And yeah, it's that's got to be a weird thing there. Totally. Dave Manley commenting, saying, happy people don't pretend to be depressed and depressed people pretend to be happy. Very good point. Yeah. And I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. So, because when I'm in a good mood, I'm like this. I'm energetic. And then when I'm in a bad mood, I'm also something like this. I'm energetic. So, yeah. That's, you you, you got to watch us smiley people sometimes. Because sometimes when we're smiling, we're not we're not feeling it. You know, like, you know, where's the, there's a drug commercial where people are holding up, like, smiling masks or something like that. So, yeah. That's what he said. It's, you know. When you mix a depressed person with a people pleaser, we're, we're a threat to ourselves because basically that you'll, you'll never know what we're going through because we want to make sure you're having a good time. Struggle is real. Ryan commenting, saying that uh, the night is darkest before the dawn, and I promise you the dawn is coming. Harvey Dent. Yeah, good quote there, man. <laughs> I think you just talked about the dark night, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's the thing. It's... Sometimes when you're in the trenches, it's hard to see hope. So that's why it's always good to get help and to talk it out with people. Uh, get any any kind of counseling. Whether you don't want to see a psychotherapist, you see a regular therapist, or you know whatever the case may be. It's always good to open up. Aubrey Cavett comments says uh, we've made a lot. Uh, uh, what made a lot of us connect with our favorite characters in fiction was their very human trials. Uh, and what always happens when they didn't deal with emotional concerns properly. You're right, yeah. Um, all of my heroes have always been fictional. I've never had any human person that I... I mean, there's been some, you know, you know, people in media that I've somewhat, you know, admired or whatever else. But anybody I've actually, like, molded any of my personal beliefs or actions or whatever else towards, it has totally been fictional characters. Um, Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers definitely has been, you know, very high on that list. Um, you know, it, it's weird too because there's sometimes that, you know, Steve can be both out of date and ahead of his time with the same thought because of how he portrays himself and what he deems as liberty for everybody. And he means everybody. Um, so that's always been somebody who's been very close to my heart uh, as a personal hero, and he's 100% fictional. And it all depends on who's writing him of how Steve presents himself. So I guess there have been other writers who I connect with more because of how they portray my favorite character. Um, you know, Mark Grunewald, Ed Rubaker, uh, ta Coates, those have been outstanding writers that I've really connected with because of how they portray my character. Um, and But I've, you know, yeah, I, I totally get that, Aubrey, where you, yeah, we, we definitely connect a lot more with something that is a, basically almost an aspiration that we can almost never attain. But at the same time, it's totally attainable. You know, it's kind of that, that, that dichotomy of basically being both perfect and human all at the same time. Uh so yeah, 
<laughs> Already had a misprint of human trials. Okay. Uh, Ryan Permissing commenting says, uh, selling those boxes of Superman comics will perk you right up. <laughs> Ryan Permissing and I have had a running joke that Ryan, Ryan is a uh, Superman fan, and I told him that, well, comic book stores in Kentucky tend to not sell a lot of Superman books. It's just a regional thing. Everybody's into, you know... Batman and anti-heroes like, you know, Deadpool and Harley Quinn and Venom. So Superman's not a widely purchased book. And he says, well, I would love to have a lot of Superman books. Like, I will literally sell you long boxes full of 80s and 90s era Superman back issues to you with zero problem. So that's been a running joke. And one day you will get a long box in the mail full of Superman comics, Ryan, and we will have a good life over this. But you won't see it coming. <laughs> Uh, Facebook user, sorry it's not identifying who you are, but uh, your comment is, says, uh, word just because we're smiling does not mean we're o they're okay. That's right. That's absolutely right. And uh, again, that's there's a popular kind of misconception too, especially with men, that you know, it's not okay to open up. Um, that's some old BS mentality. Don't believe that stuff. It's more manly to open up and be open up about your feelings and get that stuff in check so you're not an extra burden on your families with your own mental stuff because there's a lot of you know fathers and grandfathers and even guys my age and younger who you know they've got a lot of things going on in their life and instead of dealing with it in a healthy and a proper and adult way they end up taking it out on their loved ones or they you know turn to substance abuse and kind of make things worse in that case that's not good uh, that's that, I'm going to get in my soapbox about that one. That that's that's not a good thing there. So it's important for men to know that it is a manly and it is a brave thing to talk about this stuff and to open up. And if you got something wrong, you get it fixed. That's what men do. We get stuff fixed when it's broken. So when you're broken, it's okay to get yourself fixed. It's okay to talk about this stuff. Now, you don't have to talk about it to your friends. You don't have to talk about it to your family. Again, that's why we have professionals here. But again, this is what men do. We get our things taken care of, and we can talk about these things. We can open up. So, because, I mean, there's been some generations that they would tell you it's not okay to talk about it. you got to put on the facade and be strong. But, you know, your, you know, your foundation is only as good as, you know, what's inside. And if you're crumbling on the inside, that outer facade is going to crumble away pretty soon, too. So, there you go. <laughs> I've been trying to be nice about this one, but that's the soapbox I'm going to get on top tonight here. Uh, Dave Manley says, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. <laughs> My Italian's terrible, but yes, the, 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 uh, the, the clown uh, from, uh, the, the, the sad clown from opera there. <laughs> Pagliacci. I, I, God, I'm just going to stop because there you go. Dave Manley also quotes says, if you can't trust the white knight Harvey Dent, who can you trust? Good Lord. Uh, Harvey didn't have a great... Uh, go of things <laughs> he started off great but maybe not so much so i don't know <laughs> uh john pike commenting good job tonight thank you sir appreciate you uh he's got a date with some ghosts oh awesome well hope you have a good ghost tour tonight man good luck and dave banningley saying wwcad what would captain america do kindness loyalty and truth or timeless ideals that's damn right man 
Yep, that's that's how I uh, that's how I live my life. So kindness, loyalty, and truth. I like that. All right, we're gonna take a breather here because we've gotten real tonight here. Um, I hope again this helps. Um, I'll, you know, open up with you guys, let you all know that it's okay uh, to be going through some stuff and it's okay to get help. So. Anyway, we're going to take a little bit of break here. Uh, do a little bit of reverse. We're going to do our uh, uh, spoke or take two. We're going to do our ad for comic books for kids, uh, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about some fun stuff here. Be right back. Comic books for kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit cb4k.org. All right, and we're back, and my earpiece fell out because I went to grab something real quick. So, all right, we're going to talk about some fun stuff today here. Because, of course, we can't talk about, you know, we can't do a fanatic form here and not do geek stuff here. So, Dave Mangley commenting says that uh, Moon Knight is his superhero avatar, and that's a good one there, because, you know, he, Moon Knight's going through some stuff himself. <laughs> and Dave Mangley commenting again, mental health is health. That's a very good point, sir. Very good point indeed. All right. Well, uh, basically, getting back to the top of things here, because we're talking about fun stuff here, uh, want to talk about... Uh, Back of the Serial Box Network here because, of course, the Fanatic Forum is a proud part of the Back of the Serial Box Network. We do have a brand new, freshly minted website here that has all things Serial Box Network in it. So, SerialBoxNetwork.com will basically take you to any links you want for all of our shows. The Back of the Serial Box, Fanatic Forum, Ice Cream Queens, uh, Cosplay Cafe. new entry to the uh, Serial Box family. So, yeah. We always want to basically, uh, you know, support those other shows on there because we got a lot of fun shows in our network here. And, uh, of course, uh, the Cosplay Cafe has got their new spinoff show. Um, it's escapes you now. Basically, it's a Gilmore Girls uh, talk show. So, if you're really a big fan of the Gilmore Girls and want to delve deeply into episodes and they walk through those, uh, definitely check that out. I'm sure they'll plug that somewhere I've been. Sorry, Kelly and Crayley. Uh, I don't remember because <laughs> I'm going to confess something here. I've never watched an episode of Gilmore Girls. So, oh well, I've seen a lot of other things. Never seen a Gilmore Girls before. So, anywho, fun stuff to talk about here. So, uh, I got a little bit of new loot I want to share with you guys here that came into the shop. And I had to pick this one up here. This is a Ghost Rider lunchbox. And it's a good old-fashioned Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider here. A little Mike Plug art action here. And of course, the sides are fun, showing like the transformation from Johnny Blaze into Ghost Rider. But yeah, this is this is an old school metal lunchbox. It's embossed on the front and the back. Uh, and here's the best part: it actually comes with a friggin' thermos. Even though they're not actually made by the thermos company, um, it's made by a company called. Uh, Surreal Entertainment 
but these come through Diamond Distribution, uh, where we get some of our comics from. Uh, they have a special item here. But yeah, so really cool Ghost Rider logo and design on the thermos here. But yeah, you get a working lunchbox and thermos. So And they've got like a whole line of these. Uh, there's um, a Dungeons & Dragons one that has a lot of Larry Elmore art on there. Uh, there's Ninja Turtles, uh, Transformers the movie. Um, we got us some G.I. Joe ones and they're awesome. I almost got that one because it's one side Snake Eyes, one side Storm Shadow, uh, but the the art around the side and then the uh, the kind of whole basis is basically the uh, G.I. Joe issue number 21, the silent issue. Uh, so yeah, so if you're a big ninja fan with you know, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow stuff, that's your lunchbox. They've got a Wolverine, Venom, um, I'm trying to think what else. There are several, I think there's a Power Rangers one, so there's all different sorts of, you know, awesome lunchboxes. But yeah, these are actual metal lunchboxes like some of us old school guys and gals grew up with as children, and they actually come with thermoses, but you can't call it a thermos. It's a beverage container. They don't, the thermos is a company, it's not an actual thing, whatever else. But yeah, anyway, so... Those are available, and actually they're 30 bucks. so <laughs> I don't know how much they cost back in the day, but these ones cost $30, but you know what? They still work great. All right, got some comic reviews for you guys here. First off, we've got Thor Annual number one. So basically what we are doing is we are moving out of the, well, first it was the Donny Cates run, the Donny Cates left Thor kind of midway through the run, so Nick Klein basically picked up both the art and writing uh, for the last uh, six issues of the run. Uh, but this annual is transitioning us from the Donny Cates run into the new Al Ewing run, which will be starting up in August. Uh, this is a very interesting story because the main story here is the Who is Mythos? Uh, and actually, Mythos should be uh, abbreviated because that's basically, you know, M Y T H O S actually stands for something, if that gives you a hint. Uh, but yes, Thor is dealing with this mythos villain here, uh, kind of an alternate timeline sort of stuff here, but some very interesting little standalone storyline. And then we get a preview for the Al Ewing run of Thor, which uh, brings a lot of surprises and a lot of changes to the new run here. So I'm looking very forward to that. Oh, hang on, we got a comment here. Uh, Dave Manley, we were talking about lunchboxes and the G.I. Joe one. Uh, Dave Manley says, The Snake Eyes silent issue is fantastic, as was the Hawkeye silent issue. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, he said Ms. Marvel even had a silent issue. Actually, there was a part, uh, I think in the late 90s, maybe it was like 99, 2000, somewhere around there, where Marvel did a whole month called Nuff Said in UFF. Uh, which, of course, that was kind of a, a Stanley catchphrase, whereas, you know, enough said. But the enough said were basically an entire run of silent issues. So every book that month was a silent issue. Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, G.I. Joe Larry Hama, during his classic run of G.I. Joe, started out a literal, a literal comic book that had no dialogue in it whatsoever. The entire story was told in pictures. He has since repeated that about three or four times in a G.I. Joe book, uh, but other comics have taken up that mantle uh, a few other times themselves. Uh, like I said, then Marvel did an entire month of it. But yeah, it's always very interesting. I think even Sin City did an entire silent issue. Um, uh, may have been si I think it was Silent Night was actually the name of the book. Uh, but yeah, so it's always kind of fun where you, you take the writing out of it and do an entirely entire story told in images and still 
tell a really good cohesive story because still I guess the, the writing still has to be involved with it but again there's no dialogue in it so it's all told in action and pictures so yeah very interesting stuff here <laughs> Dave Manley comments about the Thor books that uh, it stands for something really wanting their acronym to spell mythos <laughs> no it makes sense in the story Dave don't worry <laughs> All right. Uh, next book we're going to talk about because I got a couple of Marvel books want to talk about. Captain America number seven fifty here. Uh, this is close to bringing an end to both the uh, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty and Captain America Symbol of Truth runs to a close here. Uh, basically, both their proper stories have both ended. Seven fifty uh, kind of gives you a little bit of an epilogue. Uh, to what has been going on in the main action of uh, both books, as well as kind of an epilogue to the uh, Cold War storyline that kind of ended both series here. Uh, but there is still one more to come, because we have the Captain America finale, which will be uh, here in a couple of weeks coming out here, uh, and the lead-in to that uh, was fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, just... It Kind of, gets you char- kind of gets you charged up, really ready to go here, especially if you've been uh, reading both series uh, as they've been currently going right now. Uh, it's a nice closure to things. Uh, but also a new beginning, especially for Miss Sharon Carter. Uh, so she, uh, of course, she hasn't been an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a long time, uh, but she's had a bit of a change of uh, status, so to speak, here. So, And I'm excited to see where that's going to go. So, yeah. Worth picking up. Lots of uh, variant covers for uh, uh, Captain America 750, including a George Perez cover. So if you're a big George Perez fan, you actually get a Captain America cover done by George Perez. Uh, post-mortem, which is kind of weird. I didn't realize he did some Captain America. But he did a Captain... Well, no, actually, he did the JLA Avengers. So he did some Captain America in that. So either way. So if you like your George Perez, you can get a variant cover here. But I, had, I think I had to process that for a sec here. Kind of blew my mind for a moment. Uh, our next recommendation here, because I only have a few today, uh, we've got from DC Comics, Night Terror's First Blood. This is the uh, kind of kickoff issue here for the uh, next a big event that's going to encapsulate all the DC books uh, for about a month and change. Or actually, eh, about two months, uh, close to. Uh, this is going to be a horror series here, done again by Josh Williamson, who's fresh off of uh, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a fantastic uh, miniseries here. But uh, kind of getting to his roots because Josh does some great horror stuff uh, for Image Comics and a lot of other indie books here. So it's fun to see him finally tackle uh, the DC universe here. But basically what it is is that there is a new villain uh, by the name of Insomnia. And he is looking for something called the Nightmare Stone. And so what he has done is basically put everybody in the DC Universe into a dream state. And he is basically searching through their dreams, trying to find this Nightmare Stone. Because apparently it is in somebody within the DC Universe, unbeknownst to them and anybody else. So who put it there? What is this Nightmare Stone? And who is this Insomnia guy? Uh, But it's very interesting how basically... Each DC character, both uh, villain and hero alike, are going through some semblance of their worst nightmares. And then a bit of insomnia's ability is to make those worst nightmares come into a physical form. So it kind of he's you know creating you know 
tense, terrible situations for heroes and villains, but it is also basically creating an instant villain for them as well. Uh, so sometimes they get a little more serious. You know, obviously, you know, Batman, Superman is a little more serious. Joker is taking on a little more of a comedic stance because somebody for the Joker, what would his worst nightmare be? Normal. So his is worth looking up there. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so this is a light week uh, for books, and it was a light week for me, too. I actually only picked up nine books this week, so that's a, that's a small week for me. Uh, so, yeah, so definitely want to talk about those three there, because that was some good stuff. Uh, next week's going to be a big week, so I may have a lot more recommendations to talk about there. Uh, so I want to talk movies and TV stuff here, because uh, since I've been off for a couple weeks, there's been a few things that have come out, a lot of things worth talking about, so um, I've alluded a little bit to Spider-Verse and Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Uh, but yes, if you've not gone out to see uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, check it out. It's wonderful. Um, if you've not seen the uh, first um, uh, Edge of the Spider-Verse uh, film, check that out uh, and then go see this new one here because, yeah, both films are absolutely wonderful. Uh, it's, you know, getting you know, a great platform for Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy. Um to basically finally get seen by the general public, even though they're not in a live-action film yet. Uh, I got a feeling we're going to be seeing Miles in the very near future, um, hopefully. But there's been a lot of things posted and whatnot that we may be seeing a a, a live-action. Whether or not he is in a suit, we'll at least be introduced to the character of Miles Morales somewhere in the near future, because, God, we need him. He's uh, such a fantastic character and such a popular character that we need him in a live-action uh, setting. Either way, uh, so that's a wonderful film. Go check that out. It's good for the kids, too. Go ch- go take them uh, as well. Um, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Michelle and I went and saw that one. Um, I, I was a big fan of the Bumblebee film that came out. Was it 2017? 2019? Anyway, it's, it's been a few years since it's come out. Uh, but it was a great kind of relaunch of the Transformers franchise, taking a film uh, was much more accurate to what we know in the toys and the comics. So basically, Transformers Rise of the Beast kicks off from that film, This though this takes place in 1994. Uh, but yes, they do make references to the previous film, so this is a sequel to that. It's a fantastic sequel. Uh, and stick around uh, through the credits, because there are two post-credit scenes. Uh, uh, you don't have to stick very long. They kind of, they kind of come in about halfway through the credits. Uh, but uh, one is extremely important for the future of the franchise. Um, of course, it's been out for about a month now, so we'll, we'll drop the bomb here. We're going to get a G.I. Joe Transformers product somewhere along the lines here, because we have now dropped the fact that G.I. Joe exists within the Transformers universe. G.I. Joe is aware of what the Transformers are, and they essentially recruit the good guy, the main human in the movie, into their fold. So, basically, we'll have our, our one character, I can't remember his name, uh, but fantastic actor, enjoyed him thoroughly. Uh, that's, the, that's the great thing, too, about this movie. The humans aren't annoying. I, I enjoyed both uh, actors and actresses uh, in the movie. Uh, but, yeah, they, so sometimes you get annoying humans in these Transformers movies, but we had good humans in this one here. So, uh, But, yeah, so our lead guy, he gets recruited into G.I. Joe. Uh, we don't see anybody of name, whatever else. We basically kind of just get, you know, a business card and then, you know, 
dude you know moves a plaque on the wall that says a real American hero and then we are in G.I. Joe base so yeah <laughs> very exciting uh, I did not see that coming so I legit popped in the movie theater uh, when that happened and Michelle was like what's up and I'm like and she saw the business card and then boom it's G.I. Joe and it's like yeah so <laughs> uh, and then let's talk about the flash So, um, I know there have been some folks that did enjoy the film thoroughly. And I don't want to take that away from you at all. Uh, if you enjoyed the film, good on you. I'm glad you did. Um, I legit fell asleep twice. Um, and it wasn't because I was tired. But, yeah, I fell asleep twice in the theater um, when seeing this movie. Uh, I have a lot of problems with it. Uh, first off, my expectation for The Flash was going to be that this was kind of the the end of the Snyderverse and then giving us kind of a glimpse of what's to come for the James Gunn universe things. You know, kind of, you know, end of one, beginning of another, and Flash is going to be kind of that transition point, changing the world, yada, yada, yada. We didn't get that. So we have a nostalgia grab with bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman, which that's kind of cool. Especially when they, you know, first meet him and he's like crazy old Bruce Wayne, you know, living in, you know, what's left of, you know, Wayne Manor, but no one's been there in a long time, and he had, you know, there's been no butler in a long time, and he's still kind of doing things, but no one's needed Batman for a long time, so he's just been kind of like living like a hermit. And then he's very quickly is able to transition and get right back into Batman gear a year ago. Um, there are a lot of miss, misfires with that, but it's still kind of fun seeing him, but we get some good action scenes, and then basically, you know, he gets offed, and then we don't get any kind of resolution there. Uh, Sasha Kelly as Supergirl, I think, is a real high point in the film. She's barely in it. Uh, and again, it's, you know, very quick. She's offed. No resolution. Uh, another big problem I have with the film is that we have a Flash movie with no Flash villain. We have the whole... Barry's mom is killed when he's young. Dad's blamed for it, put in prison. Barry spends most of his, you know, adult, you know, young and adult life uh, searching for truth and justice for this particular case. What we never get is who in the hell did it. We don't get a yellow glimpse. We don't get any semblance of a suspect. We don't even get any sort of immediacy of who actually did it from Barry, his dad, or the police. What we get is just Barry's dad didn't do it. But we don't get any tease whatsoever that it's Professor Zoom, Reverse Flash, Eobard Thawne, whatever you want to call him. Nothing whatsoever. Um, we get... What we basically get is a corrupt Barry Allen. Which, again how they've depicted Barry Allen from basically starting from Justice League into this movie is that he's not Barry Allen. He's Peter Parker. Because he makes inappropriate jokes at inappropriate times. He's awkward. He's goofy. He's clumsy. He's whatever else. That's Peter. That's not Barry. Barry is like super duper nice guy. Always on point. Uh, even when times are tough and darkest, he's always Mr. Positive, Mr. Optimistic, you know, whatever else. Um, you know, he keeps that darkness at bay because he's got so much light in him. 
Um, the only thing they 100% got right about Barry Allen is he's predominantly late for everything, which is ironic because he's a speedster. But yeah, but he's always late. But yeah, I just did not care for, you know, how they presented things. The, the whole time sphere thing was really bad because you had this opportunity for quote-unquote cameos, but what it was was fun with deep fakes, and you could tell they started running out of money. Because while Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater look okay as Superman and Supergirl, um, everything else starts kind of going downward real fast. You know, like, we don't get a real good glimpse of Adam West, but we hear his voice may see a little bit of Batman. We see a supposed Jake Garrick flash running, but it's not John Wesley Ship, and it's not the other guy who played Jake Garrick on the show that wasn't John Wesley Ship. Uh, who also ended up playing uh, Hunter Zolomon. So it's neither one of those guys. Um, we get a glimpse of the Nicolas Cage Superman fighting a big mechanical spider. Well, that's a lot of fun for people who are comic book fans and Superman movie fans, because that's an inside joke that's basically 30 years old. But unfortunately, there's also a huge majority of the population that does not know that we almost had a Superman movie directed by Tim Burton that was going to have Nicolas Cage and he was going to be fighting a big spider. And also he was going to have no cape and he was going to have a polar bear best friend. Um, you know, and whatever else, you know. And also Superman was going to have a mullet too. That, you know, we, you know, can't let's not gloss over that part either. So, so that was a fun little inside joke for basically a very small portion of the population. Uh, so yeah, and then... We have, you know, a nice little glimpse of Affleck Batman. And then we get Michael Keaton Batman. And then as a joke, we get a brief glimpse of George Clooney. So it's like, oh, so is George Clooney going to be new new Batman now? Or it's, it's so just... It basically... And of course, if anybody has anything to blame, anything, you know, any fingers they want to point at that final scene... That final scene at 100% was James Gunn. That was basically done uh, over a weekend. Literally when Ezra Miller was going through like the first you know, level of like sexual misconduct allegations that were going on against them, they filmed during all that. So all, a lot of stuff was going on in their personal life and somehow you know, they were able to pull it off good performance and be you know, a nice person while they were there. Uh, and whatever else. Um, also, interesting thing too, uh, as a sidebar here, uh, if you haven't heard, apparently, a while a lot of his outbursts, uh, or, I'm sorry, their outbursts uh, that we've seen, like in Hawaii, where throwing chairs and stuff like that, that stuff is 100% real. A lot of the kidnapping and sexual misconduct things, whatever else that were brought against them, have been labeled as false. Uh, so they're in the clear on those allegations and everything's been deemed, you know, I guess, you know, everything's cool from there. What I find very interesting is that no one from Ezra Miller's team did any way, shape, or form attempt to defend them. Warner Brothers made zero attempt to defend them, saying these were false allegations, they are innocent, yada, yada, yada. Nothing absolute silence from both sides of the fence. Not even taking into account that this is probably going to affect the box office because there will be a contingent of people who will say 
Ezra Miller's a piece of garbage, I'm not going to support their film. And they don't go. Or there are going to be some people who will say, well, there, you know, there are other people in the movie, there are other people who made the movie, I'm there to support them, that's why I'm seeing the movie, but I still don't like Ezra Miller. So they, they, Warner Brothers did absolutely nothing to defend their actor from all the stuff going on to make the perception that basically this is still an okay person, it's still okay to go see this movie. And then we've seen how the box office has turned out. So if you're holding off not seeing the movie, you can basically wait for about another couple of weeks and it'll probably be on HBO Max. Uh, because at first they were saying that it wasn't doing the box office opening weekend that Black Adam did. Now they're saying it's not even doing what Suicide Squad did. So, and that's the unfortunate thing is that the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie uh, did terrible at the box office. But that could be blamed because, you know, perception for the first film, lack of promotion for the second film. Uh, the second film also happened during COVID, so people weren't going to the movie theaters. People were instead staying home watching on HBO Max. All sorts of things want to go in there, because I like the second Suicide Squad movie. The one's got Idris Alba in it. Um, you know, overall, that's a much better film than the first one that has uh, Will Smith and uh, Margot Robbie in it. Nonetheless, uh, so a lot of stuff in the real world going against this film and Warner Brothers and Ezra Miller's uh, team did nothing to defend their actor and then it's showing at the box office or people have this perception that basically this actor's a piece of garbage. Maybe they are, but whatever the illegal things that they are responsible for, you know, these allegations turned out to be false, but nonetheless the damage has been done. Um, but what this film really suffers from is basically... You've got a talented director with Andy Machete, who basically is responsible for both the It films, which are, you know, I thought were fantastic, a uh, great adaptation. But what he unfortunately has run into is basically this film was made during basically three different regimes in Warner Brothers DC. So first, we're you know he's first started trying to you know make things during the Snyder world, and then Snyder's gone, and we're dealing with Walter Hamada. And then Hamada's gone, and now we're in the James Gunn thing here, right at the end of things, when the film actually gets released. But it's still getting tampered with even then. Uh, Flash actually has had three different endings. Uh, I believe the first ending was kind of more along the lines of like kicking things off for the Batgirl film that was you know, ended up not getting not happening. But it's going to be more along the lines of like you see uh, Keaton, you see Sasha Kelly return supposedly from the dead. You know, everything's been righted from them. They're having a conversation with Barry Allen on the step, the courthouse steps at the end of the film. And, you know, we, you know, things seem to be fine there. And there's maybe a little stinger that kind of says, oh, maybe things are a little different. But we would see those two actors and kind of get things kicked off for seeing Michael Keaton again in the Batgirl film. Well, that girl film got canned. So the ending gets changed to Barry Allen. Every ending has ended on the courthouse steps where basically, you know, uh, Henry Allen gets exonerated and he's free and everything seems to be you know good there. Um, second ending is we see Henry Cavill, we see uh, Gal Gadot, and we see Sasha Kelly. So basically, she's back from the dead again, and then we see Keaton again. So basically, oh oh, Michael Keaton is Batman. That's wrong, but hey, we get to see him again. So that's their thing there. Now we get to third ending where we have no Justice League, no Sasha Kelly, no Michael Keaton, 
And we get George Clooney showing up as Bruce Wayne one more time. Where's that going to lead to? What was the point of that? Yeah. So. It is unfortunate. uh, Just kind of a waste of time, um, in my opinion. Uh, Like I said, there are some people who have enjoyed it. And again, good on you. I'm I'm glad you did. Uh, But I had... My only expectation was that this was going to be a transition film from the old into the new. And we didn't get that. So I don't know how we're going to see that. Because, you know, of course, we've got... Uh, in August, we got the Blue Beetle film, which actually, that looks promising. Um, I like the actor who's the lead, who's playing Jamie Reyes. I like him in uh, Cobra Kai. I, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. But I like that actor. And the film looks accurate to Jamie Reyes' story. So there you go. And since he's the new Beetle, that's cool. Uh, hopefully there's some mention of Ted Gordon there somewhere. Or some reference to the previous Beetle. Uh, either way, you know, that looks fun. Uh, we have not seen a trailer yet for Aquaman 2, but we're supposed to be getting Aquaman 2 in November. And then from there, we don't have anything on the docket until whenever Superman Legacy comes out, which is the Superman film that James Gunn's currently working on. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, we're, uh, you know, is there not going to be some kind of transition? Or are we just going to have, like, a Superman movie pops up and, hey, here's this new dude. Well, what happened to Cavill? You know, because granted, there's going to be folks out there who are not paying attention to what's going on in pop culture. Oh, I hear we got a new Superman or whatever. You know, some you know things like that. So there's going to be some confusion, and there needs to be something somewhere in a film or TV or whatever else that shows that okay, we're going from an old universe into a new one, and we're starting new things and building new things here. So whether or not we're going to get that, I don't know. But either way, right now DC is still a mess. Flash did not do anything to clean up the film. Matter of fact, it left more mess. So, yeah. Not a fan. So, I'm looking forward to Mission Impossible, though. That's coming up next, uh, this uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. So, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm very on the fence about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, Crystal Skull did no favors for the franchise whatsoever. Did not like that film in a bit. Uh, so I'm very hesitant to go into Dial of Destiny, even though some of the later trailers I've seen were intriguing. Um, I don't like the music mix that they were doing with kind of going from Rolling Stones into score music into Indiana Jones theme, but you can still hear the Rolling Stones through there. I hate that mashup stuff. Um, nonetheless, (laughs) so, but I've been very hesitant about going in the movie. Um, I really haven't heard anything much that's spurning me that says, yes, go see this movie. Uh, there, I mean, there's some people say, oh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Or you know, people like, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was good. But I haven't heard anything about it that said, yeah, I haven't heard a single review or a friend recommendation or whatever else that says, you need to go see this movie because it's really awesome. It's a lot of fun. So I'm waiting for Disney for that one. So there you go. Uh, it's just the main thing is I think the franchise kind of ran its course I thought Last Crusade was a great ending Uh, I think Harrison Ford is a little too old for the role so it's a little ridiculous Uh, also um, my main point with basically films like this and with Star Wars and stuff like that is that a franchise that started out using practical effects and what we know what we love about those franchises come from practical effects 
And then when those franchises age into new technology and you start using CGI, it's fine when you want to pepper it in. It's fine when you're certain things you can't do practically easily that you could do much easier with CGI. But in the case of, like, say, the prequel trilogy for Star Wars, where it was a complete overusage of CGI, there wasn't a real thing in that movie aside from the actors, that took away from the films for me. And it takes away from my enjoyment of it. Um, that definitely goes for Crystal Skull when the Indiana Jones movies. So, you know, Dial of Destiny kind of falls under that thing where it's like, I don't know. But at the same time, it's kind of a double standard because for me, because when you take like the current Marvel and DC movies, those movies probably couldn't be made practically, so you need CGI for those, and I have zero problem with the CGI as long as it looks good. It, you know, they don't skimp on it too much. Uh, and since I'm not a designer, um, you can kind of appease me fairly easily. You know, it, do, it doesn't take a lot. Uh, there's some movies where somebody's like, oh, the effects didn't look that great to me, and I think they look fine, but then they have a bit more of a, of a professional or an artistic eye, and they can point out some more flaws that I could, so there you go. So it's a matter of perspective. But again, like I said, it's a bit of a double standard that I'm, you know, I'm pro- like DC and Marvel movies that use CGI currently today, whereas I'm against older franchises that use it too much, if you get my drift. But at the same, you know, you take uh, somebody, I kind of had this conversation earlier today with someone, and they brought up Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park rides that fine line because basically they're there at the point where basically CGI was still fairly new, but Jurassic Park, the effects, what they did for CGI innovated, you know, the basically the, the I guess, the method, so to speak. It, it kind of put that, that that little, you know, anachronism on everybody's tongue, or, you know, they're, they're, sorry, not anachronism, abbreviation on everybody's tongue of, you know, basically what CGI, what it is, what it meant, because, oh, we're seeing dinosaurs, and they look good, you know. You know, it's it's no you know we're not, we're not doing stop motion animation with you know clay. It's like oh that thing looks real, but it's not. You know so you know Jurassic Park rides that fine line there. So there you go. Well, I got a couple of comments here. Uh, Dave Mangley saying uh, now that the year's half over, what's been your favorite movie so far? Ugh. Gosh, trying to think. Um, So I'm trying to think what all has come out so far. Because uh, I will admit I haven't seen a lot. I've been doing some catch-up of stuff that I missed last year. Um, probably right now i got to go Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse so far. Um, but, I, you know, that's a bad question to ask me kind of halfway through because it tends to be during uh, the spring and the summer months. I'm basically seeing a lot of blockbusters more so that I'm seeing, like, film films. Most of my film films come usually in the fall. Um, if I get into anything, it's, you know, possibly Oscars in contention or whatever else. So, um, yeah, I was lucky enough I did get to see everything everywhere all at once before all the Oscar stuff. So, basically, I was I was on the bandwagon before the bandwagon took, you know, took off from the station. <laughs> but there's sometimes I'm late to movies. Um, like, uh... A couple of horror movies I recently saw: uh, The Menu with uh, Ray Fiennes and uh, Anya Taylor Joy and uh, Nick Holt. 
Uh, that's a lot of fun. Basically, it's kind of like if Gordon Ramsay has an exclusive getaway for you know exclusive people to come have a special meal that he and his team of chefs prepare. And oh yeah, by the way, he's crazy and probably going to kill you. You know, so that's a lot of fun. Um, and also uh, the invitation, which I think that's on Netflix. Uh, basically, a young woman who doesn't have any family suddenly finds out she has family, and they're all white people, and she goes and things happen from there. Things with teeth. So, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Worth checking out there. So, uh, so yeah, again, I guess I gotta go across the Spider-Verse right now. Uh, Dave Manley's coming in saying either Spider-Verse or Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for him. So, yeah, Guardians 3 is, uh, I thought was very good. There's some, had some kind of poignant scenes in there, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess because there were so many sad points in it that, you know, there's a little bit of melancholy that you end up feeling at the end of Guardians 3. Like, it's... It does end happy, but also, everybody breaks up. So, you know, it's, it's you know, it's a double-edged sword there. Uh, let's see here. Dave says he mostly liked The Flash. Two, uh, 2.5 or 3 out of 5 uh, for his rating there. Uh, which is good as DC ever gets. Yeah, see, that's the interesting thing, is that... DC, for their films right now, unless Batman is in the title somewhere, it's usually not great. Uh, the first Wonder Woman, I thought, was a very good film. The second one, not so much. Um, though I'm a big champion of saying that Wonder Woman 1984 is probably one of the most perfect action films for an entirely female audience. So if no men watch that movie whatsoever, you just watch it's just an entirely female audience, you're going to get five stars. Because they're going to really enjoy the film for a lot of different reasons, but I think it's—I think that's a hundred percent was an action adventure film made entirely for women, without any men thought of whatsoever. Even though men are in the film, but that demographic was not thought of whatsoever. Now, can I do I say men can enjoy the film? Yes, there are some aspects to enjoy, but I think that movie was a hundred percent made for women, which I think is an interesting thing because, frankly, that needs to happen. There have been. Tons of action-adventure films for hundreds of years in film that were made entirely for men. Why not have something made entirely for women? So, it's kind of like the, it's the secret of DC films. So, there you go. And I mean that as the deodorant. <laughs> uh, Dave Magley chiming in on Flash again, saying he thought the Reeve and Slater cameos were unused footage, not deep fakes. Nope, 100% deep fakes. That was all CG 100%. Uh, they yeah they took images from said films, um, but yeah that was that was just that was fun with CG, uh, and like the Nicolas Cage stuff that was literally taken from the photos like he, he took photos in, of himself in the suit with the long hair and that's literally the images they took and put that to life so I mean that's why no one said anything or whatever else it wasn't any unused footage it was literally just one hundred percent deepfakes so. Dave also saying it's a shame that Christian Bale wasn't among the Batman cameos. Good points. I mean, we know why Val Kilmer obviously couldn't be involved with it because his health, you know, uh, you know, is. I mean, he was barely able to be in the Top Gun movie. That was a very special consideration that he was brought in there, but it wouldn't be a hundred percent right to put him in, you know, anything with the Batman stuff. So I could see that, but yeah, Christian Bale was definitely left out of the party. I agree with that. Um, and Dave didn't realize that James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad did so poorly. Yes, unfortunately it did. Uh, it's, it was one of those ones that you had to kind of... 
the people who saw it and enjoyed it had to really kind of champion it and say, hey, actually this one's fun. You know, if you like the Suicide Squad, it's an accurate film. Even friggin' John Ostrander has a cameo in the movie. But it feels a lot more like a Suicide Squad movie than the first one did, mostly because it has a body count. The mission kind of changes halfway through the movie and gets crazier. Like, it starts off with a very political, real-world, we-gotta-go-kill-somebody sort of thing like that, and then things get cuckoo bananas because you're involving superheroes and supervillains and whatever else. Uh, it's got a lot of, you know, guns, uh, humor, and whatever else, and fun in the movie, but it also does a great... Basically, I've said previously that... Uh, Suicide Squad and the first season of Peacemaker do the best job of DC world building I've ever seen in the entire Snyderverse. All because you're talking about things that are familiar to DC fans, whether you see them or not. People, places, things are being mentioned in these films and that TV show that show that these all exist together. You know, you know, Peacemaker, you know, somebody in the Peacemaker series mentioned Batmite. We've never seen Batmite in anything real world. We've seen Mitzelplex in numerous Superman uh, iterations on TV. We've never seen Batmite, which is literally a fifth dimensional imp that is obsessed with everything Batman, except he's not, you know, mischievous like Mr. Mitzelplex is. He's a little more, I want to be just like Batman. I mean, he's cute. He's a little bitty dude who dresses like Batman, and he wants to be like Batman, so he's a fifth dimensional imp so he has reality altering powers but this character was mentioned in Peacemaker so now we know it exists in the DC universe uh, Starro the giant alien starfish that takes over people's minds and whatnot, was in Suicide Squad whoever thought you would see Starro in a movie you did if you saw Suicide Squad so there you go uh, we know Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, exists. He was mentioned in Peacemaker. So there you go. So, again, so I, I'm excited for what James Gunn has got to bring in his new universe because he's doing a much better job of world building than the films have ever done. But if you take that all aside and you look into the TV world, so Fox had Gotham for a number of years. You had the entire CW Arrowverse, which those did great jobs of world building, and you know Gotham did a little bit something different with Batman stuff, you know. But the CW verse, on the other hand, was a little more accurate, or they would make some changes here and there. But we saw a lot of familiar people, places, and things in the DC universe and whatever else. So lots of great world building there, and even go so far as check out the Warner Brothers animated stuff when it comes to DC. Because there have been numerous animated films, and they still do animated films on DC properties. Those have been great. The only one that obviously I would have any kind of problem with was Hush, just because they changed the ending. But those have been some fantastic adaptations and some fantastic voice acting work. So those are usually better than the live action DC films. So if you're if you're starved for anything DC and you've been dissatisfied with what you've seen on TV, with what you've seen on film, and you haven't watched any of the animated films. Get on HBO Max, and there's a whole slew of those things. Or just go to you know a place that sells DVDs, or get on Amazon and buy some movies or whatnot. But nonetheless, the DC animated stuff is where it's at if you're wanting some quality DC stuff there. 
Uh, Dave chiming in said, of the DC TV series, Doom Patrol is easily his favorite. And I would agree with that, sir. Doom Patrol is a fantastic series. Uh, I need to finish it up. I'm uh, midway through season three right now. And season four, which the final series uh, season is already out. Uh, so, yeah, I need to catch up there. But, yeah, I would agree. Doom Patrol is a fantastic season a series. Uh, and it's everything it should be. Doom Patrol is the weird people. They're also highly uh, dysfunctional family. They have a lot of problems. And they deal with a lot of problems. There's a lot of... You know, issues with basically sexual orientation, with mental health, with all sorts of stuff in that show. A lot of real world problems, and it's handled very well. And of course, Brendan Fraser. So there you go. So if, if you need no other reason to see Doom Patrol, Brendan Fraser. Boom. There you go. Uh, Dave Bentley saying the DC anime films have been on fire lately. Yeah, see, there you go. So, they, again, so oh, thank you, Dave, for the validation there. But, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, again, so, you know, you can get your fill, but sometimes you have to find different sources for it. Fortunately, with Marvel, we've had, you know, films have been, you know, good there. I don't care what I says. I'm, I'm still with the Marvel films. Have they been not as great as anything that's come since Endgame? Sure. Uh, but, but Endgame was friggin' epic. So, and now basically, you know, the, the state championship team all graduated, and now we're dealing with a bunch of sophomores trying to rebuild our team here. So, yes, we it's going to be a long haul before we get back to our next big epic thing, but it's coming, folks. It's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. And if you want some awesome stuff and you haven't started watching Secret Invasion yet, we're three episodes deep into the six-episode series on Disney Plus right now. Uh, if you like your grown-up espionage spy stuff, that's what this series is. Uh, it's, it's so like if you think like Captain America: Winter Soldier is the best of the Captain America films, check out Secret Invasion because, like I said, this is real-world spy stuff. People are getting killed in this. It has some violence to it. They're basically they're teetering on the edges of what can actually be on Disney Plus with the things they're doing in this series. So yeah, it's some grown-up stuff. Um, Definitely feeds on, feeds on a lot of paranoia and who can you trust because, of course, we're dealing with scrolls here. Um, and we're finally kind of getting into what comic fans know as basically there are two sides to every scroll. Um, there are some very nice folks there and then you just want to live in peace and whatever else. And then basically there are scrolls who say, you know what, our world's been destroyed. This one looks nice. Thanks, we'll take it. So, yeah. So... Fantastic performances there. Uh, of course, this is basically a series led by um, Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. So, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, Dave chiming in saying, uh, so far his favorite DC animated film is Batman vs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was a good one there. Uh, uh, Dave Mangley said he'd rank Shang-Chi above Endgame. Interesting take. I mean, Shang-Chi, I had a, you know, got a good time with that. Very much enjoyed the film here. I thought it was a fantastic opening to the uh, Mystic Kung Fu side of the Marvel Universe, uh, which uh, the Iron Fist uh, series on Netflix did not do a good job of. So, well done, Shang-Chi. But, wow, putting that above Endgame. That's that's a bold statement, Dave. But, you know what? I take, I'll, I'll take you up on that there. So... <laughs> All right. Well, I think I've talked enough here. I've been on here for an hour and 15 minutes here, all by my lonesome here. But we had some important things we had to talk about at the top of the show today. But I, I want to keep things light and keep things fun, as we normally do in the Fanatic Forum here. 
But nonetheless, I want to thank you one and all for anybody who tuned in and the folks who chimed in uh, and shared their stories and whatnot. So thank you guys very much. Uh, yeah, this is an important episode that I think needed to happen this week here. Uh, and of course, I me, mean, I you know, as a host, I just want to open up to you guys here because uh, you guys, you know, make yourselves part of my life. So I, I want to you know share that with you guys as well here. Be honest about that stuff. And you know, if it helps somebody today, then you know, job well done because that's that's really what it's all about here and one more time to reiterate here uh if you need to talk to somebody if you need some resources here the national mental health hotline 866-903-3787 you can call that 24 7 uh, and get some help wherever you may be of course there's lots of uh, different apps you can use uh better help is the uh, kind of the popular one right now people seem to be using there but again you can access that and talk to somebody from your phone you could do it anonymously if you don't want to see somebody or if you don't want them to see you whatever the case may be but any help is good help and you can get it in many different ways if you are a kentucky resident if you're a local boy like myself here uh you can call or text 988 and get uh connected to resources uh, any way shape or form you can from there so yeah, again, it's not bad to ask for help. It is good. So don't be afraid to do so if you need to talk to somebody about anything that's going on in your life. Whether you think it's little, if it's bothering you, it may be something real. So, And, of course, if you're dealing with some big stuff, please get some help. You shouldn't deal with, you know, the big stuff alone, whether you've got, you know, any kind of substance abuse, whether you're dealing with, you know, a loss of a loved one. Uh, you know, change of careers, whether you're just not feeling right, whatever the case may be, don't suffer alone. Get some help, and especially if you're a dude. Get some help. Don't be too tough to say you, you shouldn't talk to anybody. You should. So, love you guys out there. Thank you all very much for tuning in to the Fanatic Forum tonight. We'll see you guys next week. Y'all take care. Bye bye.